right, here we go. All right. All right, Mikey. So today is November 20th. Year's almost over. Blue by. Man. That's crazy. I as soon as daylight savings hits, and then it's just man, it's like a down, this is just like downhill. Things just speed up like Thanksgiving. It's my dad's birthday on Tuesday. Uh just all the way to Christmas, the New Year's. Yeah, we have a bunch of same for us. Like we have a bunch of clients who always think they need to wrap everything up before the end of the year and get to the next like milestone. So it's pretty hectic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then well, daylight saving time sucks. I don't know. Are you in favor of that? No, I think it's ri- ridiculous. You know that uh, Arizona did away with it. So Florida, we're supposed to be doing away with it, but it's a testament to how slow like government is. Like it's got approved by like the House as long as it go through like the senate or whatever but just like they've been talking about it for like three years what's going on everyone seems to be in favor for it like why can't we just push it through well i that's really good i mean i not to be like cynical but it sort of seems like that's kind of an example of like just just like how inefficient things are like you take something that is pretty much has like a 90 percent. i would and and you know just a 90% approval, like everyone would want to do this, right? If you just, it's just like, why doesn't it just get done? Yeah. It, I mean, it just, it's like, and I wish, you know, quite honestly, the way that it, the, the way that it is here in Kansas, I almost wish it was the opposite. I'd rather the light go the other way. I don't care if the sun doesn't come up till like eight o'clock or eight 30 or whatever. I'd rather it like stay light a little bit like you know when it's basically dark by 5 30 at night that kind of sucks see i think you would be almost uh, the opposite though because you're up early like to have some yeah i'm up early but then i'm like but i think the thing for me is like and i and i like so we we we've we've shifted our schedule so we've we start now at seven not 7 30 and um as soon as daylight savings hit just to basically take advantage of the light and then try to basically finish work and then still have some, some daylight hours after. Um, and so, but, but, but to me, I'm like, I mean, I, yeah, I would, I kind of like, I, when, when it gets dark that early and then by December, you know, it's pretty much dark by like five o'clock, then there's just all this, nighttime this evening time that is just dark like literally by like 7 30 i'm like man fuck is it 10 yeah you know like <laughs> yeah and, and it and uh yeah so anyway um because i'm because uh, essentially i get up in the dark regardless like if i get up at six you know it's dark yeah you know so the sort of getting up at dark thing doesn't doesn't bother me we ended up putting in a um this like standard operating procedure for like all the shit we're supposed to have in our trucks, right? Just stuff that, just basic shit. And one of those things is like a headlamp. We were stuck out pouring concrete the other day and we worked into the into, into the dark and I didn't have my headlamp, Eric had his, but it was just one of those things where it's just like, and you know, we've definitely had days where we like got out there too early and we're working with headlamps just to kind of get going, you know? Right. So anyway, yeah, daylight saving sucks. It actually like kills people. Yeah. Because well, on I think, the, the, I think when we go back, right? When we spring forward, you like lose that hour. When you lose that hour and that, and people have that, like that reduced sleep, the number of 
um, the number of like heart attacks spikes the next day. I mean, it's like we're we're literally that sensitive to that that shift in uh, in time and 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 really just to 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 reduce sleep. Right. Yeah, the amount so, of car accidents and everything goes up that next day. And... Yeah. Yeah. So, are we killing people? Are we doing that? <laughs> um so today we're mostly going to just like try to get some inputs going some some basically some some work started talk about the class that we're gonna um that we're gonna jump into um but there's also so i think it was just yesterday uh where kyle rittenhouse was uh acquitted on all on all accounts have you been like following that a lot? I mean, I haven't really followed that like story at all. Like, right, he killed two people when he comes in self-defense. Yes, I think that's yeah, that self-defense was basically the um that was kind of the the linchpin and the you know, like was it self-defense or wasn't it? Yeah. The one thing I, I like kind of stands out is like that his mother drove him like fifteen hundred miles to go to this protest. Like with an AR fifteen, like what was the motivation behind that? Like, yeah. Right. So okay, so if I can, I'm and I'm probably gonna. Uh, this is my interpretation. I'll just say this for anybody listening that just like if I get this wrong, then 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 you know then you know better. But from what I can tell, this was basically an almost not really an anti-protest but basically a reaction to the black lives matter protest that was causing a lot of damage to businesses right uh -huh. so there um there had been uh like a dealership that had gotten um you know windows smashed in broken in the night before and stuff like that so this these self kind of self-proclaimed um protectors um were like that's 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 where actually he started the night um i don't know if he started the night there but at one point in the night there's video of him and there's actually like an interview of him like what he's doing there and he basically has his ar-15 and he has a medic pack and he's like look we're here to basically protect these these businesses that are that 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 uh are being damaged by the protests and um, and we're also here to protect people and to help people that are uh, that are in need of medical care. That's why I have this, and this is for protection, right? And um, and so uh, and 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 he was seen, you know, helping people who needed like first aid. Uh, him and his his posse of people were like seen handing out like water bottles. Like it wasn't. There, there was really no malicious intent that I can see from like any of the anything that he was saying or any of his actions. But where it gets weird, and I don't know, like I only watched the video once, but there's like, I mean, there's literally just a video of the interaction of like how these people got shot. And essentially, um, he's running because he's being like chased by a, by a group, by one or more people, he's like being chased. Someone uh, with a, I think a handgun fires into the air, like a ways away from him. 
that probably sparked some amount of like panic in his head. Like, Oh, you know, he hears gunfire. Yeah. And so that, I think like at that point, that's when he like turns around and fires and basically drops the first guy that was chasing him. Yeah. That did not have a gun, but that was chasing him. He heard a gun. He felt threatened fire. He's then like, you know, he's running away from that as people are like yelling, like, that's the shooter, that's the shooter, or whatever. And I don't know how far down the road he gets before he's being chased again. Right? Uh-huh. And in this incident, there are two people uh, uh, chasing him. Uh, he actually falls, which allows them to kind of like catch up. He then gets up, and these two people are coming up on him. The one, one guy who's further back has a handgun and he was actually, he was like on the, he took the stand and he basically pulled the handgun as, or had the handgun as a way to protect himself or from Rittenhouse who apparently was like, you know, because he also had a rifle and, and essentially uh, Rittenhouse turns around as he's basically like in a defensive position because he's like fallen. Um, He turns around and fires on the guy that's coming at him. That's the guy he hits in the chest. That's the second guy he drops, and then he fires and hits the guy that had the handgun, hits him in the arm, something like that. Yeah. Um, that's essentially how that went down. I mean, I just obviously I'm, I missed a whole bunch of shit, and just, but just generally from what I saw in the video, that's about what that looked like. And um, uh, it really made me think of a lot of things. I'm like, you know because there's a lot going on there. It's like, I understand, let's say like my house was being threatened. Let's just say that like there were people walking down the street in front of my house with like pickets and shit like that and stuff like, and and with torches and they were looking to kind of like they were rioting, but maybe some people were getting out of hand. Right. Well, I could go stand outside kind of like an old time, uh, like an old time farmer with my fucking shotgun you know, just hold it there. And that would probably be enough to keep most people from fucking with me, right? right. It's the deterrent, right? It's like, I have this gun. I'm, I'm going to protect myself. This is my property. I'm gonna like, you know, like that should fend most people off. Um, it seems very, it seems very different though to basically take a gun uh, into, like if you're not a police officer, take a gun into that kind of setting as kind of this self-identified like protector like no one asked you to do that right and if you have a gun and there's a there's conflict it's kind of like the idea that like when you have a hammer everything looks like a nail there's only one way that this conflict is going to resolve itself and that's you using your gun you have a gun like why don't you take a couple fucking tasers bro you could have been (laughs) decked out with tasers you right. know, or you could, or like, or, or, or any number of like non-lethal kind of, you know, shit and probably done, you know, as, so, so, so there's kind of like some, there's some things there that are like a little problematic as to just like how we actually interact with, with guns, which are legal in a public setting. Right. You know, that seems very troublesome. Like if you're, if you're the parents and you, and you heard your kid's plan and you were like, that's a great idea, Johnny, you get out there, you got, you got extra clips for that thing. (laughs) How many, how many rounds you got? 
son. Well, the mom drove her, drove him, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm kind of, I'm just kind of like, I just, I, you know, what is like the best possible case scenario is that you help people out in a medic capacity and that you aren't, you have zero impulse to like draw your gun and shoot anybody. Right. That's best case scenario. And hopefully your gun just works as a deterrent. I don't understand why people were chasing him in the first place. Yeah. I don't think I would, I don't know how, like, I don't think I would run at somebody with a, with a fucking gun. Well, I understand maybe why the second people group. I understand the second people, but I don't understand. Like he felt, he felt threatened and he was being chased before he shot anybody. And I'm not saying he felt threatened. He says he felt threatened, but he was being chased. And I think like, I think that's kind of a weird feeling. Like, let's say you're being chased and you feel like this person that's coming up on you is like bigger than you and you have a gun. If he catches you and kind of pins you down, now he's got your gun and you look like a total douche. You're defenseless. You know, he could take your gun. It's like, that's, that's very bad. Yeah. So I understand the kind of catch 22 that's happening there. Would you like, I don't know, turn back and, and fire at them? Would you shoot one over their heads? Just like, hey, here's a fucking warning shot. I, right. I think you could, you could certainly, I mean, it's one of those where it's like, you know, unless you have a plan going in and it's like being 18, like how much experience do you have? And you're not like a trained law enforcement, but it's like, you know, could you fire up into the air? You know, could you do any number of things that to, to, to maybe kind of like try to de-escalate or just like, because really you should know that if you're walking in there with a gun, that gun by and large should be there as a deterrent. Yeah. Like it just, it a hundred percent should be there as a deterrent. Like, um, because were they going to kill you? I mean, I doubt it. I don't know. I don't know the situation, but I'm just, I'm like, there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. And it really became it. So now it's like, it's like this like highly politicized thing because Kyle Rittenhouse is like a blue lives matter guy. He was basically, uh, a self-proclaimed protector against the Black Lives Matter protest that was like obviously doing damage to businesses and that like, you know, I think, but it's like, that's also kind of like, that's the cop's job. Yeah. If Unless it's like your business or whatever, like, and it's not, I mean, I get how he could have felt like it was part of his community. And 1500 miles away, but here. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. Okay, so let me let me tell you this. So you don't you haven't seen the footage, you haven't seen everything, but just generally speaking, do you think he should have gotten acquitted? Um, I mean, I guess so. Just because, I mean, it just seems like why isn't the mom being held more accountable? Right, you're taking your. Was he underage at that point, or even eighteen? Yeah, time of the shooting. He was underage or 18? Uh, I think he was 17 at the time. So you're taking your underage kid 1,500 miles away with a rifle to go participate in this highly, you know, contentious, you know, protest? Yeah. 
wising the mom kind of held some some responsibility for your your underage kid at that point that led to this and maybe yeah maybe he did feel threatened and that was kind of self-defense but yeah is that there's some kind of responsibility that falls on the mom yeah yeah i i i uh, i agree with you i definitely feel like um and what is the what is the open carry laws in that state wherever they were protests? Well, I have a feeling that they're that they're I mean, you know, allowed in, in the sense that he, right after he did it, um, right after he did it, I mean, he wasn't, you know, this is like the one thing where I think like, you know, he obviously had some awareness and kind of did the right thing. So I think like right after it happened, he like walked walked at the cops with like his hands up. They fucking drove past him to go help the people that were shot. They didn't even, you know, like, you know, and and it wasn't until like, I think after that, that he like, he turned himself in. Like he had, or no, I think he actually got, he actually went home, right? And then I, I think was, was like picked up like in the morning, um, something like that. So like, um, I don't think, you know, obviously he wasn't trying to like get away with anything. It wasn't like, there was, there was really no malicious intent. It, it really feels like though that like, um, I think he needs to serve some, he, he you know, I, I, I don't know how to, I don't know what, what I'm trying to say, like, but maybe like he's guilty of just like putting himself in a position where there was no, there weren't really many good outcomes and, and 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 he was he was very young, lacking the experience to really be able to kind of like pull that off, and yeah. it cost it cost people who maybe were responsible. I don't know why the fuck he was being chased in the to to begin with, but you know, and I'm not so I'm not saying that they weren't, you know, in the in the in the wrong or whatever. But I'm like, for for doing that, you know, you kind of have a civic, you know, penalty, and you're gonna serve this much um community service hours and like with these organizations that basically support black lives matter yeah you know and you're gonna you're gonna pay you're gonna pay your dues i don't because i don't think you just you know i don't think he should go to jail and i don't think it was like uh i don't think it's a clean cut like guilty not guilty i just think you know he's i think he there's something there you know i think he he needs to, there needs to be some consequences. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I wonder how he feels about that day. Like, did he help protect any businesses? Like, did he do a good job? Like, would he have still gone, you know? He could roll the cops, you know? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, like, and, 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 he's, and he's super young. He's, you know, he obviously, like, trains with guns often. He, like, has, like, some relationship to, you know, where that's, that's kind of part of his life. I'm, you know, it'll be very curious now, like, are you going to continue on this path, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's certainly, uh, it's just sort of jump from Kyle Rittenhouse, which like, so I, I didn't really follow it, but then I got talking to my, my, my dad about it a little bit. And so then kind of looked into it and then I saw I got acquitted. So just looked into it and, you know, enough um 
But then I remember like uh, the the uh, Dave Chappelle talking on the closer of like the juice, you know, the four times or I think it was on the closer. It was not on the closer. It was on the one before that. But he was talking about O.J. Simpson. And it just kind of like something about Kyle Rittenhouse and getting, you know, and just like how public a trial that was. I started watching that Netflix special and uh, on on O.J. And um, man, I, I don't know that I have a whole lot to say about it, except like it is uh, extremely compelling, like they're, the, the, the way they've kind of put this thing together. You just, you know, and because when that happened, I was, I was, I was too young to really be tapped into that. Yeah. I just, I didn't follow it. It didn't have, it didn't have any meaning to me, you know, the way it would today, you know? Right. So um, anyway, yeah. So um, yeah. (laughs) All right. Should we talk about our class we got coming up? Yeah, man, let's do it. We got class on Monday. Back to school. We're a bunch of fools. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you done all the all the prerequisites for that thing? Uh, yeah, I filled out like the little questionnaire and like made a profile and signed some waivers and then bought the Arduino. Yeah, cool. I tried did to you? get my. I tried to get. Yeah, I did all that. I tried to get my brother. Um, to jump jump on with us but uh he was excited about it until he found out that he would have to like do like peer reviews and like do do shit with other people and he was just like eh. i was like you fucking loser you know like <laughs> you know, i know i know he would like love this thing like he's got some of his own little arduino shit and but i don't think he's ever like put it together in a way that you know what i mean yeah and um but anyway yeah so um, how are you feeling about it because i have like no experience with like electrical engineering and making shit like that work yeah i think you know it uh i've been really interested in 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 something like this for a long time i know that uh when we had a we had a visiting uh lecture at ku um and they were doing like really experimental work but and it was like it was architecture but it was also very much engineering and and uh, and there was just this like really strong kind of engineering backbone to the kind of work that they were doing that allowed them the kind of like um the kind of like design uh that they were interested in and i found it really really fascinating um uh, i don't know i don't have a lot of experience with it i mean i think that that's kind of the that's that's part of it though is that like teaching teaching the principles and then I feel like you and I have always said that we're like we're not short on ideas yeah you know like well you know we we, we're probably just short on actually like you know producing enough you know and following following up and all the kind of perspiration that happens after you have an idea so um so this will be nice because I think like I think we're going to kind of use this a little bit of just like a springboard so like we'll probably, you know, we'll obviously be in the same peer group in the, in, in the class, but then we'll probably be sharing extra things additionally between the two of us as we kind of like work through things. So it'll, I think it'll take on, you know, a pretty rich dimension there as we kind of develop, you know, these things and maybe they're like a huge flop, but I think like, maybe they're not, you know, but I think that there's, I think that we're going to walk away with like the principles that we'll be able to like apply this to something else in the future which is like pretty right. sweet yeah you yeah. know like, um 
you know, like silly shit. Like, let's say you could get, you could like, you could put a sensor in a chair and you could, you could, you could then like uh, have an app that connects to that particular sensor. So all the app does is it fucking turns green or turns red or whatever, if someone's sitting in it or not. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Like, like right. and I'm not saying that that's like some profound thing, but it's kind of like a, um, uh, it would be like an interesting thing to maybe do on like a park bench. Like how many, how many people sit on this thing? How many separate people sit on this thing? You know, every, you know, in, in a week, you know, right. uh, different things like that. And so, um, yeah. So you knew Mark Rober though, before the class. Yeah. I've been watching his like YouTube videos. I kind of like his stuff. Yeah. And he's got like, yeah, I think he puts out like once a month and just like, he's got a pretty like dialed in strategy about like telling a compelling story and drawing people in and a cool build. And all of his videos get like 40 million views at least. Right. Right. Well, and, and I, I would have to say that like, he's probably telling, which I think this thing has, has a component at the end where it's like the part three is advanced engineering and storytelling. And like, it has that, that, that piece of the puzzle that we're kind of very interested in, which is the, really the storytelling. Like it's kind of the, you know, the architect that's the, like the best storyteller ever. Bjork Engels. Yeah. Like he just tells like a great story. I mean, it's almost like he's telling you some Disney children's story that's just like compelling and funny and interesting. And he has an accent, you know, it's, it's just like, <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and I think that, that that storytelling and not only the storytelling, but then like how that storytelling is conveyed through video. It's one thing to tell a story like face to face or or whatever, but then it's like another one to like tell it through video. And so, I think that'll be nice because I think that would be like that would be where kind of some of the um, some of the, the the outputs could go aside from like the podcast would be to um, to videos, you know, the stories, and yeah. um, and then um, yeah. So I so man, I I think it's gonna be great. Have you thought about anything? What you're gonna build? I know that like that first one has to do with food or in the kitchen yeah that's an interesting one uh no i haven't i because i sort of feel like yeah i don't know i don't know enough i need to kind of see what all the gadgets are what's all what's all kind of possible you know to kind of yeah i don't know i think the first one there's no no gadgets it's all kind of well like i mean uh, like it's like pneumatic springs motors things like that yeah so I don't know. I kind of need to see this, see kind of all the parts and what they create, and then, and then kind of let that. I I haven't thought about it at all. Have you? No, I'm trying to like, and I don't like cook, so I'm like, I don't know. Like, what the fuck am I gonna make? Why don't you do? You, do you cook eggs? Sometimes. Figure out how how your little fucking robot robot arm can flip that egg. There you go. You know. What? <laughs> what if they're scrambled like, oh yeah that's true yeah so you have to have a different arm for that yeah yeah that's yeah i don't know uh maybe you got to start cooking too though that's a whole different that's a whole different you know thing does rebecca cook yeah yes yeah but that's a whole different class 
That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a whole other two hundred and fifty bucks. You're not ready yeah. to spend. Let <laughs> me take that Gordon Ramsay masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that'll so that'll be good. So that starts Monday and that runs for about a month. Yeah, we should try to like time that out to watch it at the same time being class. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Schedule what are you some... there? This is my I made this little like candle holder. I think I showed you like Yeah. Does it work? Uh no. I don't know. It's like what? it would melt. <laughs> uh nope. Oh. It's just yeah, I don't know. I need to refine it, but what's wrong? What because it would melt the plastic. Yeah. Well, why don't why don't you take that thing though? If like the shape is right, and why don't you have it make like have someone make it, or why don't you just feel figure out how to like cast that or something? Yeah. You can yeah, make a mold of that. Sense. You know what you should do is uh because uh. Uh, you should make a mold of that and then and then cast that in just some some of that little like uh, like the countertop concrete or something that's like reinforced and whatever and real smooth and uh -huh. so make yourself a, a mold and fucking cast it I only say that because it would be like less expensive and cheaper than like steel because steel you'd have to machine it or you'd have to you know it could yeah. be made out of cast iron someone could make a mold out of that and you know yeah yeah i like the idea of like machining it just being like like a perfect surface and getting it like powder carded like a really dark paint so it's not it doesn't reflect any light there's a few different companies i gotta want to send like they'll give you like some online quotes you just like upload uh the 3d files and they'll send you back a quote and they'll do they'll just spit out one they can spit out one or there's obviously like an economy of scale to spit out a few. What you been making? I'm looking around, man. I haven't, I haven't made anything. I, uh, I've been just working, working on site. We just been pouring concrete, excavating, um, doing stuff like that i got a mini excavator out there right now on the on my trailer um i'm i'm headed up to help a buddy uh, dig out uh around his basement wall to basically put in like a, a new light well so we can like cut in a uh, an egress window and put in a bedroom um like a conforming bedroom down in his basement oh nice so i don't know i've just been working on that and like the one thing I've been trying to get dialed in, and honestly, I've been using, um, uh, I've been using this. Um, let me share this with you. Let's see if. What email do you like? Mamworks. That works. Yeah. Well, which one do you want? I got access to both. Mobiler. Well, <laughs> what do you mean? What? You got two emails. Well, which what one? What are you sending me? I'm just sending you like a link to look at something I made. Either one or the MKO3. And that's Gmail? Yeah. Yeah. 
I hope someone spams you. That'd be so. Okay. Okay. Uh, My internet's really slow right now. What's going on? Basic truck supplies. Okay, so this isn't like you're going to laugh at just, but like basically, you know, the idea being that everything that I do on a daily basis can be broken down into a, like a standard operating procedure. Like when we do a foundation, there's like a certain number of like tools that we need. And what I'm trying to do now, and I'm basically starting with kind of the most basic and then kind of going to work forward from that to basically like foundation, concrete slabs, uh, framing, finish work, all the kind of all the things. Some of it's going to be like things like this. Some of it's going to be kind of a checklist. Like when we look, when we look through like a framing job, what are all of the things that we should look at? And then this is basically a working document. So every time that we fail a framing inspection, we get to ask the question, well, why did we fail it? We look back at our standard operating procedure and we're like, oh, okay, we weren't, we're not checking for like bokeh plates, you know, and for, and for this, like add that to the list, you know, and it just, yeah, it's like, if you're not doing this, then like, I feel like I'm trying to like constantly evolve to like make things better. But if it's not getting written down, then it's really intangible. It's kind of like, you can forget, maybe you're not having like the best day, maybe you're like, you know, and, and there's so many days that like Eric and I'll roll up on site, we think we got everything, we start working. And I'm like, Eric, where's the grinder? And he's like, we don't have it. And I was like, God damn it. You know, it's like, um like silly shit it's like okay that's going to cost 30 minutes to go get it you know for a couple cuts or whatever yeah yeah um, so anyway just like this was just um you know just just a stab at basically trying to kind of like formalize this thing a little bit and, yeah. and, and trying I to do the same thing at the office with just like a, a cd checklist and then like yeah. just a list of from different municipalities, like if we have the same repeat comments, just like bullshit, like you're missing a note, like let's just make a list of those repeat comments we've gotten on every job, make sure we check those off if they're accommodated on our drawings before we send them into the city. We're not getting these stupid comments back. Yeah, yeah, that makes, yeah, that's, is anybody else in, in at, uh, at your firm doing that? I don't know. We're kind of like disorganized. We're trying to like slowly do it and get like standards like up to speed. And then it's just like, it's a slow process. And I kind of think like, like if you have more experience in there, it's like you're a project manager and you do a lot, you work on more CDs, which I think is like kind of ass backwards. I mean, like if you have good standards and like a good CD checklist, like anybody could do CDs, right? Especially if you went through like a good CD phase, everything's kind of figured out. Like, CDs just about documenting it, making fucking schedules, dimensioning shit. Like it should be easy. There shouldn't be nothing to, like figure out. Like it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be really like high level person doing CDs. 
but maybe it's not a question of like high level or low level. Maybe it's about the type of person. That's what like Ray Dalio was trying to figure out when he was doing like his, uh, like at, at his, at his firm when he like, uh, he basically, and I think I've told you this before, he had everyone take the, um, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Meyer Briggs test. And, and then basically expounded on that, made that a bit more detailed, but like, um, basically everybody in the firm was basically given or created like a baseball card of like their stats. Like, Hey, yeah. Michael McKay is like really good at this. He's like, not great at this. These are his strengths. And so that when you're assigned a job, they actually like look at your card and they're like, Oh, this maybe isn't good for you because you're not detail oriented or whatever. So it's kind of, CDs make me think that like, there's certain people that are, that are really going to make great bookkeepers. Right. They're probably the same people that would make, that would do a really good job at like CDs. Like you have to be detail oriented. You have to be organized. Right. Because yeah. it's like CDs are all about accuracy. Yeah. You know, and you obviously have to know what you're, what you're doing from like the architecture side of things, but like there are going to be like some other traits there. Um, like if you're slightly OCD, you're probably better at, at, at you know, like at doing CDs than someone who's like not, you know, and just kind of like rushes through them, like in fucking whatever. And, yeah. Ends up with just all these mistakes, you know? Yeah, there's definitely that. I agree with that. But I'm just saying, like, I think in our firm, I think definitely a lot of other firms, it's like, that is like the progression. Like, if you're an intern, right, you're working on early phases of uh, a project, right? Just like schematic design, presentation shit, you know? Then you work your way to design development, then you're working through CDs, then you're working through project management, right? That's kind of like a natural progression. But I'm like, which is great. You got to learn all the phases, but I also think like there's a lot of problems where I see like are some of our junior people working on like early schematic design stuff and they're setting the, the first floor, you know, our base finished floor elevation at the wrong height. Like it's not meeting code. You're not silly shit like that. They're not um, just yeah. like spans of like openings for windows. They don't really realize like, Hey, there's not going to be hurting code. Like they don't have like the foresight where they're like laying shit out to pick up a bunch of problems. So I'm like, if you get a really high level person doing schematic design and DD and you have good standards and example of how to do CDs, I mean, anybody could do fucking CDs at that point. Yeah, I see that. I think that's a good. I think that's, I think that's a good point. I mean, I, I think across the board, if you have systems and standards, your company is going to grow. And if you don't, you're going to really struggle because, you know, you're not going to be consistent. Yeah. And I think like, it's not about doing like great work, but it's about doing like consistently great work. If like once in a while, you kind of get all the things, all the pieces together and it really, you really just like knock it out of the park, you know? unless that was just like, it just happened to come together that way, that time, like if there was no system kind of guiding that, I think that's where it's problematic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Our office is a little like that chaotic and there's not like a standard of care across like each project from one to one to the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty big, I think that's a pretty big kind of defining characteristic of just like a great kind of a, a great company is like there's a very there's like a uniform there's like a standard that you're working to yeah um yeah yeah that's awesome i uh all right so 
I have one thing that I'll, I've, I've shared with you a little bit uh, in the past. I think you just don't know that I actually have been doing it. Okay. Your house? Is it done? It's done, man. Can't you? I'm living in it now. This is it. It's remodeled and everything. Hey, by the way, uh, I wasn't going to say anything, but since you brought up my house, are you going? Are you growing a goatee? Is that what you're doing? What's going on nope. over there in Miami? No, <laughs> I just got a there? fucking patchy beard you? and I haven't shaved. You didn't go out last night, did you? I did not. No. How old are you now? 33. Ah, you're catching up to me. You're <laughs> <laughs> 33? Oh, my God. And you stayed in on a Friday? Uh, you're pathetic, Mikey. I said I was sick all week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, before I jump into this, this is kind of curious. Do you uh, do you still have that feeling that like if you don't go out on Friday night or Saturday night that you're missing out? No. Did you ever have that feeling? Uh, no. There's like sometimes where like I don't understand like a staycation where it's like if I have like time off of work but I want to go be doing something I don't want to be like staying and sitting on the couch. That's because you live in Miami. But like anywhere. No. I think that that's like a that's like anyone that lives in like at least at least your part of Miami like where, where you're on South Beach but also like New York Boston like your apartment is really just meant for fucking sleeping and podcasting yeah. you don't even cook there you know like <laughs> it's like you know you just you you live you live outside in the in the in the world in the city in the in the ocean on the trails right yeah, I think whereas like um, like here in here in Kansas, I feel like it's a little different. Like most people are property owners. Like we got like we got shit that needs to be done. We're like taking care of stuff. We maybe have like a shop. Like I got I got stuff I could be working on out there. Like and, and so it's just like man, I could take a week off and just spend time here, fucking you know, working on any number of things. Yeah, but that's not like a a week off because that's still working, right? I guess. I understand like, that. Yes, right. But sometimes like you have to you like it can be it can feel good. It can feel just as good to like make time for those things that like you normally don't have time for. You just fucking make time for them and you just do them and um it can like feel good to do that. Almost as good as just like going on vacation. Sometimes like I don't really like going on vacation if like like vacations to me are such a low priority i fucking don't like vacations i don't even care to go on them i just don't need to go i'd almost rather like i'd almost rather like go somewhere for a week and like frame with like a framing crew and like learn to work with them like that would be fun as hell i would love that i'd learn a lot make relationships it would have like purpose the only yeah i don't know i don't know why i just like don't care about vacations like i just don't think that way yeah go see the world yeah get out there <laughs> i understand that there's like a benefit to traveling and i think that like maybe i think like i just don't like the way that uh like vacations have a connotation of like i'm like in full relaxed mode i'm gonna act like a dickhead and drink and just like really enjoy myself and get naked like or whatever you do on vacation like there's like 
like to me it's, it's like if i was to go down for like a weekend to crystal bridges and like like visit the museum and go mountain biking and like do a bunch of stuff somehow i would consider that more of like a trip a road trip a an adventure like not a vacation vacation to me means like i'm I, i'm i'm like i'm doing zero i'm laying on a beach that's what a vacation like means to me that's why you know I mean, you could define it any way you want. A lot of people do vacations very differently. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think everyone like, like sees it the way I do. I just, um, yeah, I love traveling and I like trips, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, check this out. The thing I, So it's basically, I put together some metal for the land bank. And this is what I sent them. Uh, there you go. Sorry, I don't have a better way to share this with you. So you can share it on the screen. Uh, okay. Or what'd you do? Email it to me? What'd you do? Now I can share it on the screen. How do I do that? Uh, share screen. You disabled it, bro. No, I didn't, bro. I just hit it. Screenshot this to you if you need me to. There Try we go. Now. All right, can you see it? Yeah. Okay, so uh, basically, um, it's a kind of live, live work, you know, space. Like I sent them this picture, it was just like the simplest picture that I could find of just this kind of like tower like thing. And the idea being that it would like um, be, um, I think they asked me for square foot. Okay, so here we go. So uh, three bed, two bath, 1200 square foot, 400 foot shop garage and 800 square foot living space. So it would be a 400 square foot footprint, three floors. Um, and- So you're trying to fit 800, three bedrooms and 800 square feet or? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not gonna go. Maybe like two bedroom. Well, this isn't, these aren't like Miami, you know, style bedrooms. These are just normal, you know, Midwest style bedrooms. Do you still call it the master bedroom? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know they're supposed to go out of favor, right? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Uh, so check this out. This. Was this a site we looked at one time before? Yeah. Look at how like flat this site is. It's beautiful. And what's cool, it's like on this corner. And so um, if you're over here, so I'm gonna just show you something. If you like, uh, see that's, that's I-35 headed towards downtown. And you have this like, this, this creek. Uh, and so, whoops. This, so this is the, this is the lot. 
it, it used to have a building on it. So I think the way that we would do it is I would use like helical piers going down. That way I wouldn't yeah. have to excavate. I could get through all that rubble, get down and, you know, get my bearing and then just run a grade beam, run a slab and build on that. Like, yeah. Um, and part of what I want to do is I want to get a drone out there because they told me that 35 feet is the tallest it can be. And if I can get high enough, I think I'll have views of downtown. Yeah. Um, it's also this like, man, it literally is just this like perfect little thing where it's like, um, I think the, um, the, the floodplain comes to like right here, like it skirts the property. So none of this is on a floodplain. So you don't need like floodplain insurance. It's just like, it's a really nice, um, uh, house or land and, um, Yeah, and look at this. So from there, uh, Westport is right there. It's like five minutes away. The plaza is five minutes away. And, you know, downtown is just like right here. So you're, I mean, you're just five minutes from everything. Yeah. And the, and the cool part about this is, is like you're across the way from this like really, industrial kind of residential area over here you have this like plumbing supply house you have a couple businesses and then this like coffee shop that just went in so you know shit's getting gentrified over there but like you also just have these like really tiny houses just fucking packed in here you know and um and so it's kind of like a mix of a mix of both um and of like light industrial and residential and then you have like Southwest Boulevard that runs down and you have this kind of like this diner that's pretty good. That's like, again, like light industrial businesses, a hardware store, just a bunch of shit. Um, and all of that is just down the hill from like, hey, you met. So anyway, it's like, I put together a proposal for, for that, for this property. Cause I just think like, I haven't seen a land bank property like look this nice and just be this flat and kind of ready to build and just like everything about it is really quite like very nice. Yeah. So with the proposal, would you give them, what is the max square footage you can build there? Whatever you I do, want. Like a, well, it's not whatever you want. It's whatever. It could be a 10,000 square foot like hotel if I want it to be. No. Not really. But it could be, it could be, it could be big. I mean, it could be, it could be 3000 square feet because, because basically you have, you have some, you have some, uh, some setbacks to deal with, but then, you know, you could build a basement, you could build a first floor, you could build a second floor. I mean, this thing could be giant. Yeah. What did you do? Go back to your analysis. So like, I'd like to turn most of that into this just kind of like, kind of like prairie grass with kind of like a trail through it and probably just like a gravel drive. So everything is really just, you know, very permeable, very just, you know, and. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't so know that to- it look, look like that. I just kind of like, that gave me the feel of what I kind of want there. 
Right. So what's the next step? Uh, they got back to me and they said uh, they she presented my project um, and they basically told me the lot is 65 foot wide to the creek and just the northwest corner is in the special flood hazard area since it is a corner lot the house can face both seminary and south 8th street with the setback equals 25 foot it might give more room if the home were built facing seminary 35 foot or two and a half stories is the max height allowed in the current zoning. This is measured from the ground to the peak of the home. Live workspace. If the projects are for a hobby, then no business license or special use permit is required. Um, the only question that they came back with to me was, will you be selling what you make? Will you be selling what you make on the property? I thought you're not allowed to sell it, right? No, you are. You can do whatever you want with it. That's the crazy part. So are they going to give you this thing or what? I think they are. What did you respond back? Did you respond back? I said, uh, that all makes sense. I don't think this project would require a special use permit to be or be sold as a business. I'm not sure about my goal for the project. I may sell it, but may also enjoy holding onto it and renting the space. Do I need to make a definitive, definitive determination right now? We'll see. Nice. So you you want to design this thing with me or what? Yeah, let's do it. I need I mean I need an architect, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's boogie. Because like, like they give you this, they give you this for a dollar, right? Right. And then we just fucking build this thing. Man, what I need so much. Like, What's your cost for like square footage? I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, but let's just say it's two fifty. You can build up two fifty. Well, Our I mean, like skyrocket. I mean, I know it depends on the design and material. Well, yeah. just I mean, I'm just saying that. Like, sure, yeah, it could be. You know, we could do something nice for three hundred. So even like yeah. three hundred uh, times uh, twelve. Let's go twelve twelve fifty the square. See, I really want to keep it really like. Like any, I just want this like just beautiful little thing, you know. And I and um, times three hundred. That's so at twelve hundred square feet. That's three hundred seventy-five thousand. If we could build it for two fifty times twelve fifty, that's three hundred three twelve. I mean, yeah. I think we could. I think we could get a long way with like three hundred thousand. Yeah. And, and and then because then I think I think too like I can I can contribute you know like labor and certain things kind of like make make you know some efficiencies there. Right. Um. The thing I, I want to do is I want to get a drone over there and I want to fly it up thirty five feet you know and then see see what i can see do you have a, a site plan uh you can uh you can get one um so let me show you this thing uh or what's the rough dimensions of this site i'll tell you just give me a second oh that's kcmo sorry 
phone. Uh, All right, there's Topo, and I think there's a way to measure. Yeah, there is. So it's this lot there. Um, Um, where the, okay, so this thing is, it says that's 204 feet and that's wow. 200. Uh, uh, in the short dimension, and then 247 feet in the long dimension. Um, a fucking giant. Wait, wall. No, wait, no, 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 wait. That's. I think that's adding. It's the. It's the cumul. That's. Yeah, that's the way that. I don't know. Build a property appraiser. Yeah, that's a good land use lookup. If you go to the property appraiser's website, you're saying what not county? here. Yeah, what county is that in? Uh, Windot. Just Google Windot property appraiser. Hi, Mikey. You don't know everything. <laughs> I do. I'm just going to show up. You don't fucking know everything. <laughs> street yeah, number. South 8th Street. Uh, all right, 101 across the across the top, but you know, half of that, I would say you really only have half of that because of the creek. So the creek is part of the property there. 101 uh, on the long? In the short across the top right. and then a hundred and I think that's 85 or 95 in the long.
See, I wonder if you can do like an accessory building on this code and then why not put two structures? Like one that's purely uh, just like a rental property up for like the, the med students, right? They come down the fucking hill. They got a nice like rental property right there. Yeah. And then the other one, like a work live, like you were saying. Um, yes. Uh, I think I had asked her about, let me, let me see. I'd asked her about getting, um, about getting, I uh, apologize. So ADUs, which are uh, accessory dwelling units are allowed in R1Bs. So we can actually have an accessory dwelling unit. I mean, you could do two, you could do two little, two little things here, one me medium and one smaller, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be nice to have, that's what like, uh, you know, that's what 804 did there uh, like two or three years ago with the, like the glass house project. They yeah. did that ADU on the backside. That's really a beautiful concept, you know, just, and so whoever lives there now just has this constant, I mean, as long as they want to Airbnb it out, they just, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good, I mean, I think that's a good idea. It just, you know, I think it might be one of those things that like we designed both of them but then we only submit for the bigger one because of the financing. Yeah. We build one and then we, you know, then we, um, uh, then we have it appraised, we get it refinanced and then we can potentially leverage that to build the smaller one or something. I mean, if we can do it all at once, like that'd be great. You know what I mean? Right. But it's, yeah. but I think that's, I think that's kind of the, that's a little bit the question. Um, I'm surprised this thing. You still looking for dimensions on that one? <laughs> I'm going to measure this thing out again. I don't understand why it's. Is that the wrong property? That's 90. That's, oh, that's, that's the wrong property. EMG, you fucking don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Just hold on. What did I tell you that thing was? The the one, top? 101. Okay, that's exactly 101. Okay, that's good. And then I told you the length was what? 185 or 195. Oh, that's weird. So it's actually like here, it's actually coming out at 145. So anyway, that doesn't matter. The one thing I was gonna, I was gonna try to check though, was, um, was from the corner, we basically have, if we stay off the, off the bank a little bit, 
we really just have like 60 feet to be able to build. And that's if we, that's if we, that's if we build all the way to the, um, like all the way to that, that edge. Well, you can't build all the way to the edge. Was that setback 25 feet, she said? Yeah, I think so. Uh, let me see. The lot is 65 foot wide to the creek. And since it is a corner lot and has to be Facebook Seminary in South 8th Street, with the setback equals 25 feet, it might give more room if the home was built facing seminary. Seminary is... Uh, seminary is there, I see. Is she saying one is... 35 and one is 25 or they're both 25 what was that setback? it was confusing the way she said it she said yeah. uh she said since it is a corner lot the house can face both seminary and south 8th street with the setback equals 25 feet what do you mean with the setback what's that even mean what equals 25 feet maybe that's like the front setback and you can determine which which side is the front yeah, yeah. And then maybe that side, that side street facing the other is smaller so that we're not really cutting into that 65, that 60 feet to the creek. Yeah. Because it sort of feels like this thing, uh, I mean, to me, I think it would want to face South 8th Street. Well, then, <clears throat> meaning that being the front? <clears throat> but yeah, if because... If they're gonna, but if they're going to count that as our front and to make us take a front setback from there, right? Oh, uh, I see, I see. Yeah, we have to make the other side the front. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I get it now. So it's 25 feet, whichever way we make the front. Yeah. I guess we'll have to do like a zone. Did you do a zoning analysis on this? Uh, no. It's the, um, she told me what it was and it's down here. It's R1. It was a, yeah. Um, the property zoning is R-1B. Frontage, 143 feet. So that 143 feet, I think that's the long side of the, yeah. yeah. So when do they make a determination on whether they're giving it to you or not? Or what's the... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I told them my experience, like all the things I'd submitted. I told all the, like the um, previous construction experience. I told them um, timeline uh, and I changed that was, we would start in March of 2022 and we would finish uh, 
Let me see. Project completion, October, 2023. So I gave us a full like year and some change. Yeah. I didn't, I just, I didn't want to like be, you know, just, you know, if we get it done in six months, like that's great, but I didn't, you know, um, I think it's, man, it's a great project. And honestly, this house is, uh, it is less than five minutes from County Line Road from here. I just, boom, down the hill and I'm there. It's awesome. Yeah. So you think this would be like a rental property? Uh, so what I think it would be, if we had that additional dwelling unit, I think that could be an Airbnb. Um, and then what I'd like to do is, and I don't know how you monetize this, but like maybe it'd be real sweet to have like a, um, I don't know if you could have like a nonprofit or if you could have something like, I'd love to basically find artists, you know, and put them up on a, on a three month stint. You guys come and you do your work there. And after that, we have like maybe one of the spaces kind of their shop turns into like a gallery. And then we have like openings there. And so we have four openings a year and I just don't know how you monetize that. You know what I mean? Like who the fuck is paying for that? Who pays for the utilities? Like, um, but that's what I would, that's what I would like is to kind of, because I think that to me is, is really a nice thing. Like you find people and you, and you, and you, and you, and you bring them in and in, in that, in that capacity. And, um, yeah, there's a few different organizations who do those like artists residencies, but I think like, they have funding and they're a nonprofit and it's like a charitable thing, right? Yeah, but nonprofits still make money. Yeah, but who's paying for that? Uh, we would just need uh, support from, I mean, it would, it, it, I, in, in this scenario, it would have to, you know, we'd have to start a nonprofit and, and start and get donations and get money and get some people in there. And maybe, maybe the way it starts is we find artists that are not totally broke, you know, like, can you at least pay for like, like $500 a month for rent and we'll subsidize the rest. And then, and then what makes money is the Airbnb. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or you why not just do the whole thing? I'm just saying, like that doesn't seem as interesting to me. Yeah, was well, the idea to make something interesting or make some money? Uh, <laughs> I, I think like I think that's the, that's the reason to have that Airbnb though is like that's the thing that makes money, and then you know to basically do something for the for the community. Um. And like maybe maybe one of these maybe one of these people is like a, a fucking sculptor and they turn the whole front yard into this massive fucking awesome sculpture thing that they work on for three months and then we have a big hubbub around it and a big opening and just like a you know and that kind of thing that to me sounds like sounds really awesome. Yeah. Like. Oh, sounds awesome. Yeah. How do you make that? <laughs> How do you run that? Well, I think that that's not that's not something we have to figure out. We just assume that we'll we'll get all the all the pieces in the right place. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I'll let you know what I what I hear. That thing just recently went to um, uh, went to the review, and so if it gets um, if we get it, you know, then we can kind of put this thing on a timeline and figure out, you know, put some design work into it and at least a schematic design that we we can submit to them and make sure. I don't know what that review process is like, like how much, like how much say they have over what you can do or not. Right. It's honestly, it's the best, it's the best piece of land bank. Like it's the best land I've, 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 I've seen. I mean, it's the location, the, the kind of ready to build nature of it. Just everything about it is just sweet. Right. And you've looked at all the other pieces of land? Yeah, because uh, this thing, so what's cool about this thing Look at this. This this GIS actually has every bit of land bank property, you know, penciled in. Yeah. So I basically started or go ahead. Yeah. But like why not make like a a small almost like cookie cutter house? No, that's the wrong term, but like you build this model that works on the one land. And then plug it in, plug this in this house into all these different land banks, right? And then once you got like approval from the bank, you show that like it worked on one land, like they'll give you a loan, build it, sell it, rent it. Now it's gotta be more interesting than that. You sound like a douchebag developer right now. Why not? Well, because I think like I think that there's a question of like I mean, you make a bunch of money and then you can do some cool shit, but like, right? It takes money to do that cool shit. But I think, okay, but okay, I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is that it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. So the so the idea that we can build an, an, an accessory dwelling unit and this like studio tower. Yeah. Like I think that has so 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 part of the part of the idea is that like if you work on interesting shit and you find interesting work and you find like interesting projects, then more interesting projects and more interesting clients will find you. So you create this thing and then it gets, it basically like, imagine all the artists that are coming over here to do their shit, you know, or to even hang out with the one resident artist and that like really like this, this little, this little space. And that like, basically we'd have applications. We'd have this thing booked out for like two years. Right. And then you have yeah. your, you have your, um, your, your Airbnb, your Airbnb, the fact that you get to basically like mingle with this artist who maybe is in the shop or maybe is not. And you kind of get, you know, some interaction with them potentially or whatever, like all of that, I think, um, kind of adds, adds value. And like, um, and really the only thing that this has to do is this thing just has to kind of like, this thing just has to pay for itself. And if it does that, then we're basically, you know, paying down the, 
the mortgage, the loan on this thing, every time that we do that, we're getting equity. So we own more of that property. And um, I, think, I think we very well could then turn our sights and, and kind of do something else. This one seems too special a property to just build some like fucking, I mean, I don't think we would ever build just some like lame ass thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what, like all, all these other like black dots, like why isn't some developer then coming in and just scoop them up if they're just giving them away? Like... See this one right here, look at this. That one's covered in trees. I've seen that. Oh, no. <laughs> so come build a fucking tree house in that bitch. No, man, that one's covered in trees, covered in trees. Like there's these lots that would just take probably like like this one, I don't even know how you access, or maybe that's the road. That one, covering trees. That, I mean, like, to me, like that would be like you imagine if there was like a little, a tower. You rented a tower, a skinny little tower that like poked up in those trees, as like an Airbnb. You never see it from the street. There's like this little like hidden walkway, and then like, boom, you're just like hidden. And if you need a place like to be like a recluse, like that could be like a writer's room, right? You're on the top loft and there's so many like writers come in there. Uh-huh. Go to the street view. Like how dense is it? Okay. Which which one of these do you want to look at? That one, the top right. This one. Yeah. I mean, because I see trees as like an asset. People love trees, like mature fucking trees. Been there forever. Like, I can't be right. Hold on. There. You got some twigs over there. Yeah, but you clean it like, Nothing about this thing is like really all that conducive. And look at this. You're building across the street from this little shanty town. <laughs> yeah. And so like, check this out. If you continue down the road here, you get to this beautiful flat property Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> look at this, Mikey. I see a tree on there. Tree stub. Yeah. This is special because it like it opens up because the highway's there. And like I'm curious <coughs> what kind of views you would have. This little building's not that bad, but like, and you have the creek on the backside, you're not going across it in the front, you know, where you have to, you know, it's just like it's a, it's honestly, it's the best land bank property in the history of land bank properties. Yeah. I've looked Can at all hear? of them, I mean, not every single one, but I've looked at all of them moving out further and further away. Like once, once I start, once you start to get into like areas of town that I'm just like, not as, as, as interested in, like, uh, 
you know, like over here, I'm not as like interested over there and developing there. Like, um, so that's the property uh, that we're looking at is right there. Yeah. And, um, and let me see, where is it? Uh, It's hard to know exactly where I'm where I'm at. Uh, I think this is it. So, um, if that's the property, then right now I'm like right here. So it's it's close. It's like the same zip code. Yep. Um. Anyway, we'll keep that. Keep that. You know that that might be something where. You know, as soon as you know we get we get a we get a decision, you know, and they let us know kind of what's going on with that, we can then figure out um, if we're going to make a move on that or what. You know, I, I it's a special property though. Like I I would I would I would live down there, like make a live workspace and just you know be down there. Like I like that area a lot, and like from there it's flat. So like from there, we actually go to the other view. You can you could ride your bike, which I've ridden it a lot of a bunch, like underneath the highway, over to uh, Southwest Boulevard. You take this down, and you get onto Southwest Boulevard here, and you take this thing, and it's all flat, and you basically just ride it all the way uh, downtown, and you just fucking you got like the roastery here, and like that. This whole ride is literally flat. And it takes you all the way. So if I zoom out, that's downtown Kansas City. You know, you could zip there in like probably 10 to 15 minutes on your bike. Um, it's just, it's a pretty sweet connection. Yeah, that's nice. From there, you know, it's very accessible. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think I, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very special property there. And um yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens when I when I hear back and then we can put this thing on the docket, man, figure out like what, you know, I think we obviously need a plan on just like the financing and how that how that all comes together. But like, um, yeah. But I think, yeah, so I, I, I it's got a lot of potential. Yeah, especially for a free piece of property. Yeah, that's right. Um. Are you still on Facebook? No. Were you ever on it? Yeah. When I talked to her, I deleted that like, uh, like two months ago, three months ago. Why, Why? you didn't get off? You're scared of the meta. Man, it's gonna it's gonna eat us up, man. I wanna I wanna get off before. Um, I mean, I just you, like. Literally, the only reason I'm still on Facebook is because of Facebook Marketplace and all. And um, you know, it's kind of like a, a a Craigslist. I mean, it's pretty useful and it's got a lot of shit on there. Um, and just make some like bullshit account. Make like yeah. an account under your company and just like use it through there. Right, right. I I think that's the I think that's what I got to do. It's just kind of like clear out my stuff and then, yeah, yeah. So 
you don't want to join the matrix. Do you understand that meta or all that stuff? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I probably don't. I just, I like, uh, it's basically about this like virtual reality, like, um, you know, and it's, it's meant um, to connect all of us, you know, and, uh, yeah. but it's not how I want to live. You want to connect all of us, get the fuck off of like social media and go interact with people, you know, have real conversations and don't create like a, like a stronger dependence on this, like on this kind of like virtual connection and virtual reality. Right. I just, yeah. Um, I think, it, and uh, I think Joe Rogan was talking about it with like Ben Shapiro here recently, but it's like, I think probably like the scariest part or I don't know if the scariest, but kind of the, you know, we grew up where we know, where we know what it's like, or we grew up without that. Yeah. And I think probably like, you know, so we can kind of see it and just be like, Ooh, that doesn't feel right. That's not good. That's, you know, it used to be, you know, I liked it the way it was before or whatever. And I know that things are always progressing. So there's always like kind of growth and there's always change. And I'm not like against that, but like there's basically a generation now that like was born into it and, you know, and with like COVID, which I think has kind of like accelerated that this kind of like disconnection and more of like a virtual reality like there's people that are like more badass in their virtual in their virtual lives than they ever will be in person or than that at least than they are now right they fucking kick ass at like you know uh call of duty and they're they're you know warriors and and you know leaders and they're whatever i mean they're you know in a way they kind of assume these roles and these characters look it's I can understand to some extent why that would be more appealing than to be in their, in their lives where it's like, they're, they're, they're fat out of shape. You know, they don't know how to like, how to work and sacrifice and actually like build the character that they, that they need to like have that same experience in real life. Right. Anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get out. uh, I'm it's, you're on Instagram now, right? No, I need, <laughs> I need to do that. Something like that. Yeah, it's funny because it's like I feel like there's a lot going on on Instagram, and like there's, um, and I certainly feel more addicted to that than the Facebook. Like, there's just so much that can just kind of like come at you, and I feel like Instagram knows exactly the shit I like, man. It's just like it shows me girls fucking dancing, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to see this trash anymore, you know. <laughs> like and and or like you know like people working out and all this stuff and i'm just kind of like yeah it's i i um i mean i i i see what it's doing and sometimes even as it's almost kind of like you see behind the curtain to some extent and you still just can't stop you know that's when that's when i feel like you know you know, it's a bit of a problem. Yeah. Well, you feel like you're addicted to Instagram, just scrolling on there all the time? I feel that like, 
if I'm like, if I'm like driving and my mind's wandering, whatever, I'll just like pick up my phone. My phone will go to Instagram and I'll just like see a reel and I'll just, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I can't even just like drive somewhere and like have my own thoughts and just kind of like let those thoughts like coalesce and, 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 and just like kind of be, be at peace. Like, right. Um, so in kind of like these like odd moments and, and, um, and, and I think that like, I have to work really hard to be standing in line and not pull my phone out. I look, you know, it's like, it's like, you almost feel like this just big giant loser. Like, Oh, you're the only, you know, person not staring at their phone, just looking around bored, you know, yeah, moments like big. those are like this little bit of like, you don't want to feel like awkward. So it's like, yeah, pull out your phone. So <laughs> just like, let me just, yeah. Be yeah. distracted by this. Yeah. Yeah. When's the last time you were like in line and you like turned around and chatted it up with the person behind you or in front of you. It's kind of like, well, if we can't, if we can't kind of like, you know, kind of, touch shoulders and, and, and kind of interact in, in, in this world anymore like that, then like, I don't know that, you know, so yeah. Yeah. No bueno. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, but anyway, we don't need to get sucked into that. I think we talked about that last time too. I just, I, it was kind of on my mind there a little bit. Um, and, uh, so, so what else are we gonna input? I know there's like some competitions. There's like the Avolo uh, skyscraper competition that happens every year. Show me that. The competition? Or like the competition page or whatever. Let me see. You probably like seen it before. Some of the stuff gets published. What's going on here? I don't know why it's not let me fucking share anything. Did you hit share screen? Yeah, it's something like Zoom doesn't have permission on my computer. Uh, <laughs> let me send you the link.
Did you get that link? Yeah. Yeah, that seems that seems nice. I did, I clicked on the two thousand one. Um, Do you remember the one that was like one of them was like they dug out Central Park, like fifteen hundred feet deep, and then that was like the skyscraper. From a few years back, from yeah. these these uh, these boards are really nice. Yeah, I mean, they're like just like a nice kind of graphic that's kind of just out there. It's not like from deliverables. It's not too much. No, no. I mean, yeah, you really you're you're presenting an idea there and, and all that, but um, what is what is this you just sent me? What'd you say? What's this thing you just sent me? So that was like, you got to rotate like 90 degrees or rotate your head. <laughs> <laughs> I can't rotate this right now. I don't know why. Is it 7,917.5 miles? So like, if you took like the tangent of like the earth, right? And you just started uh, building straight, like level all the way across. Like you go further enough out, like obviously like the curvature of the earth starts dropping away. Like your building becomes taller and taller and taller. Right? Uh, no, your building goes into space, man. Right, but then your building goes into space. So maybe this, like, this is like a theoretical competition. So what if that was like, I don't know, you, you, we place this in the year 2040, right? And we have to leave earth, right? So... Dude, all, the, all your fucking satellites are going to be slamming into this thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you, but, but you could put, like, holes in it and shit, right? Like, satellites, like, fly through it. But imagine, like, we, you could set up, like, this dystopian future where we have to basically disassemble every other fucking skyscraper and, like, hodgepodge this giant, almost, like, runway that, like, will build you into space. So you can basically just, like, drive materials into space and then like launch from there you're not fighting like gravity to get out and then say like colonize mars or whatever but this giant obnoxious fucking skyscraper on the side of earth it's not a skyscraper anymore <laughs> it's a space scraper it's a space scraper <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're wanting space scrapers, Mikey. <laughs> but this competition is not, you know, like not aiming to to look for like practical ideas. Like the one they dug out like Central Park, right? You dig out Central Park, like 1,500 feet, and then kind of like it becomes like a big bathtub. And then like the walls of it are all glass. And... Right. That becomes a skyscraper, like so, like shit that's like totally impractical. But that one, impractical. But that one, one year, a few years back. So I think just like graphically, if you saw this thing, like this fucking lattice structure, like hanging off the earth, like a little blue marble, and then you. 
I think there's something, I think there's something to this idea. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like it yet. <laughs> I, I, think like it? There, I think that there's a way to like turn this thing into an idea. I think that like, this is so impractical. It's like ridiculous because it would, it would like span continents and oceans and like, and, and be extremely intrusive and and fucking bizarre yeah but if it's only like i don't know maybe it runs from like the tip of africa like all the way up through like europe right <clears throat> that way you're not like going across like oceans it would have then, to, it would have to do something to actually it would have to you know geographically you know we'd have to like the points that you're connecting would ha would have to be very like that would almost be the most important part it's almost kind of like you're creating this 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 weird space viaduct you know between you know between that, that, that all all these all these points right so you'd have to find like two points that are kind of a tangents to each other or whatever and those would have to be extremely significant I don't think so because i think like the narrative is that like it's not about connecting earth it's like everyone's leaving earth right so you're just building the structure to help facilitate getting off this planet like i don't know no but i think that's too much work you might as well just put that into some spaceships <laughs> i mean this this thing almost looks like a uh like you're turning earth into a fucking helmet or something there we go like it almost seems like you know like like we're turning earth into a battering ram you know, <laughs> you know how, and also like how wide is it? Like obviously it goes that whole distance, but like how wide is it? Or is it like a pyramid where then it just kind of like kind of billows out as well? Like does it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like, don't know. You do this thing in plan or in elevation or whatever in elevation, but like it's probably like a mile wide. Okay, so that's one idea. Well, then there's like the, the tiny house. I don't know if we missed this. Uh... I mean, I think we should do it because I, I think we could. I think honestly, we could come up with a with a with a really good conceptual and schematic design for something. Um, you know, for that skyscraper competition. Yeah, because the way I like about it, it's like it doesn't really have to be practical you're not like laying out like floor plans and and trying to make it feasible you're just trying to like create an interesting narrative and like a really cool graphic so i just think like a graphic of like some crazy industrial framework hanging off the earth <laughs> it's kind of compelling like if you saw that I'd probably stop you like oh, what was that what do they consider a tiny house I don't know. I don't have any ideas for this one, but I think like must not exceed 250 square feet. Have you seen that house that just uh, dwell just kind of like put a did a thing about it? Um, no, I've not. It's in Austin, and um, 
There it is. Uh, yeah, and this thing. Um, okay, a port, this affordable micro home. 200 square feet. Look at this thing. I think uh, this thing is really nice. And uh, I was going to say, I was like, I remember it being really small. You sent it to me? Yeah, I just did. Feast your eyes on that. Yeah, this is nice. It's fucking nice. Can you believe that thing's 200 square feet? Interesting. See, I like the idea, like the tiny house of like using all the space in the wall cavities, just like everywhere you can like tuck in storage, things are can convert. So if you're telling me that you can build a tiny house with a one bedroom and all the shit for 200 square feet, why the fuck couldn't you get three bedrooms into 1200 square feet? Think about it. The bedrooms don't have to be huge. They could be little private like nesting boxes with big communal spaces. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I mean, they could, but I'm just like. You don't think that's the way? But do three bedrooms and then bathrooms and then a kitchen and some living space. I mean, sure you could. Like for somebody to live in that like 200 square foot house, it's nice, but it's like you have to be like kind of up for that challenge. Yeah. Would you live in this 200 square foot house? I mean, I couldn't live there with someone else. What? Why not? How big is your apartment now? 600? No way. Yeah. No, I don't. What? 550, 600? Yeah. So you're saying nothing is too small to really be able to like have your own space and privacy? For two people? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it works for like a weekend, right? You rent this in an Airbnb. It's like, yeah, this thing's great. That's all you need. Or like a little, if you own this like as part of like a, a summer getaway house that you went and visited on weekends, like sure. Would you want to live there full time? Yeah. I don't want any more shit than can fit into something small like that. Like obviously I have a lot of tools and I have like a need for a shop and stuff like that. But like my living, you know, like, all my shit could fit in there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying you need to collect a bunch of shit. Yeah. Why do you need more room then, you know? Would you live with someone in there? 
I think so, yeah. Yeah. You can't make it happen in there. <laughs> Give it a, a big enough bed. Maybe we can get to go. But like, all I'm saying is that like, we're used to having a lot of space and a lot of times that space is really like, I just, I don't know, like, I think you can do a lot with 1200 square feet or even a thousand square feet. If you, if you, if you look and I, and I think that there's ways of like, well, now you just can droop, you know, like yeah, 1200 is a lot different than uh, 200. No, but I, no, 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 I agree. But what I'm saying is that like 1200, I think could easily house uh, like a family of three, uh, even a family of four, like two parents or a couple and two kids, like, especially because I think a lot of times those houses, what they do really well is they like it, you know, let's say you have a thousand or 1200 square feet of like living space. You have at least that much of like outdoor space. So shit is always spilling outside. People are outside, you're running, you have all this deck space, you have all, you know, it's a, there's, there's, um, yeah. And so, you know, and then I think like you really make, you really shrink the kind of living spaces to what they need to be, you know, with the master bedroom still being bigger. But, um, but then I think the, the, the living spaces, the kitchen, the living room, those, those are where, where kind of everything is, you know, everything happens. Yeah. Um, anyway, it made me think of this. I, I like the tiny house idea, um, uh, a lot, I think, um, so what I think is we should do the, the skyscraper one and then, um, the tiny house, we should do it if we don't do the design for the, um, for the land bank house because i think the land bank house is its own i mean i think a lot of design work could go into that yeah for sure and i think that there's enough like the skyscraper is conceptual whereas like the tiny house is very kind of like i mean it seems much more practical right and i think like honestly we could go through our own like tiny house exercise and take a land bank property and build a tiny house on it like maybe 500 square foot, you know, and just sell it. And I think that would be a, a really nice model. Like, can we get somebody to come in and like, and create a, a, a you know, like, could we build something like that at 500 square feet? Could we build that for 300? That's 150. I think I think the costs are going to the cost per square foot is going to be higher because we're not going to have economy of scale on something like that. Right. All right. Well, let's 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 um let's develop some ideas. So I think what we should do is to 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 have more inputs. Is like you and I should probably chat in two weeks, like every two weeks. Um, not including the podcast that way we can move some things forward yeah and we maybe we should start you know um bringing some conceptual ideas i think like the other thing too that um yeah i think i think we should do that yeah i guess we need to start doing like a, a punch list or 
taskless. Yeah. Have you used um, Notion at all? No, I'm going to get on there and you're still liking that? I mean, I like it for what, what it is because it's basically, it runs like a like a website. Things can be embedded. It just like, it's really nice. I, I know the, the, the icons are kind of goofy, but they even kind of like help organize things and just kind of like, but you can use like images and links and you can embed like literally anything in there. And um, and like uh, if we both had a, uh, like if we both had, so, Yeah, if you know, yeah, let me let's 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 play with that and see if see if we want to get that thing off the ground a little bit. Which thing? Notion? The notion, yeah. Yeah. So but but I think in two weeks, let's just like let's not try to do too much because we're gonna have the, the class that starts. But in, I think in two weeks, so let's actually set something up here. Um if it's the 20th, something um Want to do December 4th? Let me see. You sure? Yeah. You want to do uh, the same time in the morning? Yeah, let's do it. I think that's good. Yeah. And 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 it can be, you know, an hour long or two hours long. However, however we need, we don't have to make it any more than we need to, but like it would that would be just a, a pure idea generation for like the the competition and then anything else if the if the um, land bank property comes around I'll let you know and then we can kind of like do that and maybe we can we can visit on how to organize Notion if we want to. Yeah. All right. So uh, are you going to make that calendar event? Yeah, I'll send it out. All right. You going to get it? You going to assume that if I can find them? Man, I yeah I got on this time. You know. <laughs> all right mikey this is good man i'm glad we i'm glad we put this together i'm glad you're feeling better yep um have a good weekend maybe i'll chat with you what are you doing the rest of the day are you staying yeah, in nope. staying in take care of some shit little errands uh just quick question you don't have to go into depth but are you going to buy any of those like N nfts or whatever those are um I think we missed the mark to buy them. I heard there's like a bubble coming and then that's the time to buy them. Okay, so you're going to, but you're just, you're gonna wait till it kind of buckles a little bit. I kind of like the NFTs more than the cryptocurrency. I think they're, yeah. Why? Well, we already have that. Like it's, people say, why are you paying for that when you can just like download a, like a free version, but it's just a, a certificate of, authenticity authenticity which is like a lot of art today is that's all it is anyways even if the do you remember like the headlines the art basel like two years ago they like taped a banana to the wall and it sold for like 150 grand like you're not buying the banana taped to the wall like you're not buying that physical thing you're buying a certificate of authenticity so with an nft yeah you can somebody can buy or download a copy of that exact artwork for free but like they don't have that certificate 
of the original one. But why do those things have value? The artwork? I mean, why does any artwork have value? Why do the NFTs have value? It's artwork, right? Why aren't they all worth five dollars? You could say, why isn't any any painting worth five dollars? No, you can't. These things look like fucking retarded icons. Well, there are anything like you can make anything an NFT, right? I can take a picture of you and make it turn it into an NFT. Go through that process. Do it. What are you waiting for? Okay, I'll do it. Do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they can be anything. Well, I'd like to be an NFT. Yeah, because even like the NBA is like selling little like highlight reels of uh, LeBron James like doing a slam dunk, and they're selling that little video clip as an NFT. Like you can. Right. You don't like them. Mm -hmm. It's not that I don't like them. It's that it's probably just that I don't understand them well enough to like them. I just, I, um, yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah. Well, do you like cryptocurrency? Uh, yeah, I like cryptocurrency a lot more. Why do you like that a lot more? That's. Well, once you have the cryptocurrency, no one, it's, um, with these NFTs, see, the thing that I don't like about NFTs is that they have basically this kind of just like, this like, uh, their value can shift. Like, how can you pay $500 for one and then sell it for $20,000, you know, sometime later? Like, like that to me is not, cryptocurrency that's some funky well, they're, they're not pretending to be cryptocurrency they're not a currency they're in right they're not currency but what i'm saying but it's like cryptocurrency has something that like it makes sense about how like it has a value and it can change based on based on its demand and and things like that but it has a value whereas nfts are just goofy fucking things. Like, like you can you can buy this little icon and then somehow it it its value changes dramatically in some some time. And I'm just kind of like, that to me doesn't make any sense. So since it doesn't make sense, I don't. Yeah, but that's like a whole it's all speculation about like this art. It's like that's like a Jackson Pollock, you know, somebody might but it's not but it's not really art. It's just it, I mean it's not the NFTs to me aren't art. Why are they not art? They're just not art. They're, they're like be, be, because there's the uh, guy like Beeble who like makes a bunch of digital art. He makes like one art piece every day. Right. Okay, that's art. But like not all NFTs are art. Just because some some NFTs are art doesn't make all nfts art then you start yeah, questioning I, like, I agree what, is, with what is art like you know and i'm like well is like so and, and i think that that's kind of that's a little bit of just a, a you know another another question like another something well 
Well, I think the only ones who've gone through like those crazy kind of swing in prices are those like early art ones that, you know, somebody might put them out here. Somebody recognizes the value. Yeah. I bet you we're going to see pretty soon you'll see um, art galleries or maybe there's even a dedicated purpose-built art gallery that displays NFTs. Uh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I bet you're right. You know, whether, you know, it's just an LCD screen TV on the fucking wall that has this NFT on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah, I mean, I like those. It's like, it seems like you're more getting something from an NFT. It could be, right, like even songs, like certain uh, musicians are licensing their songs through that. Right that has value that like you can like license out for a movie or whatever soundtrack like yeah yeah i think yeah i mean like dogecoin right like that thing was purely made as a fucking joke and now it's like off to the moon like mm-hmm. and that's not based on anything <laughs> Just around. Right. But I think that the, the more things that are like not based on anything and just this kind of like speculation and that, that like, I maybe just like the less that I understand them and it's like, and I think maybe it's just like a value thing where it's like, yeah, maybe if I had a fuckload of money and I just like enjoyed this kind of like this amount of speculation or this amount of just kind of like avant-garde like investing or whatever, however you kind of see that, um, you know, but for me... I don't see the value and and so that's why they don't really like interest me that much you know and I think like I can't remember if it's uh who it is but one of the big guys that like talks about investing you know his thing is like you know to invest um in things that things that you're like passionate about or things that you know about like whatever that is right and so that and maybe I think it just kind of comes down to that where it's like maybe I you know, um, I think NFTs are stupid, but only because I'm just like ignorant in that kind of world of things. It's not just that I think like people who invest in NFTs are stupid. I just personally, that's not my game. Yeah. And, and I also don't have enough money where it's like, that seems like a place to put the money I do have. Do you have any, have you, have you bought any NFTs? I haven't. Well, why, why don't you? Why don't you buy one? Tell us how it goes. You can keep us like on a running, like your fucking pick. Let me pick one up for you. I see a couple here that seem really interesting, like this redheaded fucking icon dude. Buy him. Buy him. How much is he selling for? Let me see. Crypto- did you buy any? Did you buy any cryptocurrency? Oh my god, CryptoPunks NFT sell at Christie's for sixteen point nine million. Fuck, that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did I what? Did you buy any cryptocurrency? But again, I just... I guess... Um, I'm just not sitting around with enough money that I'm just going to be like, fuck it, $1,000 of like Bitcoin or whatever. I just like... And maybe I'm just behind the mark on that. But nothing's really warmed me up to like you know wanting to get into it 
All right, Mikey, I got to go. I'm going to go excavate for my buddy. You can go dig a hole? I'm going to go dig a hole. All right. Have fun with that. Thank you, sir. I hope you, I hope you feel, feel better. You're looking good. I will, uh, if I don't chat, chat with you before, before this, uh, we'll chat in two weeks. Yeah. All right, man. Sounds good. It was nice catching up with you. That sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.